As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. And on this week's episode, we welcome back one of my favorite guests back to the show. Uh, He's one of the world's leading experts on UFOs and UAPs. Of course, it's Nick Pope. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Activity. As always, we start off with this week's fact or fiction. So listen for the answer at the end of the programme. The famous king of Macedonia, Alexander the Great, is one of the oldest known figures to have seen a UFO. Hmm, What do you think to that one? Hmm, Is this fact or fiction? As I said, find out at the end of the programme. Now, he's no stranger to the show, and he's someone who's respected throughout the world. In the ufology world, of course, it's Nick Pope. Welcome back, Nick Pope, you marvel you. How are you? I am good, thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me back on the show. Good to be back. Lovely. So what have you been up to since last we spoke? Because I think I've seen you popping up when, of course, everything went crazy, didn't it? All over the internet, everybody's going crazy with all the new sightings of UAPs. And I kept seeing you being interviewed, and uh, which was fantastic. So you've been very busy. Very busy, yes. This subject continues, particularly in the United States, where I now live. It continues to go from fringe to mainstream. And literally, we're in a... A situation here, and it's kind of hard for people to get their heads around in a sense, but where we've got hearings taking place in the United States Congress, classified briefings and open public hearings. We've got whistleblowers coming forward saying that they've been working on crash retrieval and and reverse engineering programs. These people's backgrounds check out, and Congress is currently evaluating the information. We've got the Pentagon studying this, NASA studying this. It really is exciting times. I mean, what do you do? I mean, there you are sitting in your front room and all this stuff starts coming on the news. And do you get so excited, but do you feel like, oh, I've got to do something. I've got to do something because you are part of it. You know, it's like me. If I see some new footage of paranormal activity, it's almost like I want to spring forward and investigate it for myself. Do you feel the same? You sort of, you want to get into it more? Absolutely, yes. There's this sort of emotional attachment to it. And as you say, you are a part of it, part of the story, in a sense. And because of my government background on this topic, 
the news media come to me when a story like this breaks and they say, hey, look, you know, we don't necessarily expect you to kind of solve the mystery, but if you can just give us a little bit of insider perspective, how does government view all this? What what will they be doing? What will they be thinking? What are the different theories that you think will be bounced around inside the, the Pentagon or wherever? And then I, I get asked to come onto these shows and, and give that bit of context, bit of insight, hopefully. So yes, I feel that attachment, but I don't really have to go out and and reach out. They they come to me, they find me. I can't, you know, what is the old <laughs> saying? Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> it's like me, they pull me out of the wardrobe every Halloween. <laughs> to scare the kids. So, I mean, there's been so many sightings of late, but is there one that really excited you? For me, I suppose there was the, all that hoi polloi, I think it was in Miami, wasn't it, where there was the phone call saying that there were aliens in the back garden or something. Is there a favourite one that, that has sort of stuck out for you? Well, that was a bizarre one, and, and there's a more recent one as well. I think there was a, a house explosion again in the United States, and it seemed like half the cops in the world turned up to it and and these sorts of things inevitably and I think this is social media fuel but inevitably cause all sorts of rumors and conspiracy theories but the one that really I think caught my eye was this so-called jellyfish UFO that was captured flying over a, a United States military facility somewhere in the Middle East at an undisclosed location and it really, really was truly bizarre. And, and it's interesting because normally the Pentagon confirm the authenticity of these videos and then say something like, we have no comment on the phenomenon captured. This time, I think they were a little bit more annoyed that this was leaked and they refused to comment at all. Now, it's clearly military footage and a couple of people have come forward from the base to say, yeah, I, I was there when this happened but nobody knows really what it was all sorts of theories doing the rounds usual skeptic versus believer dogfight but it's it's a weird one for sure what do you think when you look at the footage do, i mean are you are you are you slightly skeptical of it the fact that it's been leaked from you know inside the military that's fascinating in itself yes are you looking at it thinking oh my god you know that that looks real to me well i always try to be skeptical and i always try to ask myself what could this be that's maybe more conventional and you see something like that and you think well what if somebody had taken a drone and draped one of those what do they call them a a ghillie suit you know the things that snipers use to to disguise themselves Mm. camouflage themselves and what if they'd flown that over the base as a practical joke or what if it was somebody you know like you see in these James Bond movies people with jetpacks Um, What if it's something like that and it's a test of military capabilities, it's a test to see how the guard force will respond? So you always ask yourself those sorts of questions. I'm sure it's the same with you and the paranormal. You think, well, what else could it be before you necessarily go to the most exotic theories? That said, when you run through all the skeptical ones and, and they don't check out, you're left with a big head scratch at the end. <laughs> so true. And of course, you know, some of these sightings, 
could be holograms, you know, that perhaps the governments around the world are, you know, wanting the populace to be duped into believing in aliens to make us fearful so we come under their control. Is that something that perhaps, you know, is that something that you might believe that might happen? I don't think it explains this particular case, but I think that more generally, you're right to highlight this. And there's no getting away from the fact that there have been rumors for years of something called Project Bluebeam, which is apparently a, a way that the, the intelligence community would use holograms, lasers, searchlights, Hollywood special effects, maybe intelligence community deception operations to try and fake anything from an alien invasion through to the second coming. And yeah, the, the idea of a false flag alien invasion, a false flag second coming, you could manipulate entire populations, causing panic, causing uh, people to comply with all sorts of things they wouldn't normally comply with. So it's a really fascinating rabbit hole to go down. It is strange, isn't it? I mean, you know, you began your career in the MOD. You were, you know, everything was hushed up and then, you know, you left and everything came out and it was it was wonderful for us UFO fans, you know. You were the go-to guy and still are, in my opinion. And so it really is fascinating to think that are we being spoon-fed all this stuff that's coming out of America. We're being spoon-fed all this sighting, all this imagery is coming out on social media of UFOs and sightings. Are we being spoon-fed it so that if Project Blue Beam does happen, it's almost like we're being readied for it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, and indeed, I've heard this specifically called the acclimatization program, in a sense. And you're right. When I was doing this job for the Ministry of Defence, this subject was quite fringe. And then uh, a few years after I took early retirement, I came back to help with the program to declassify and release a lot of the files that I worked on. And that was a kind of fun blast from the past. And the media were like, hey, you know, you wrote mm. this. Can you give us a, a sort of insider perspective again? So I did that. But now this has mainstreamed to an extent that even I didn't see coming. And mm. yes, this idea that it's unfolding almost step by step as if this was a very carefully orchestrated plan to spoon feed a little bit here, a mm. little bit there, just as the story looks like it's dying down, you throw a bit more kind of gasoline on the fire and it flares up again. And some people say that's exactly what we're seeing now, particularly in the United States. It, it seems hardly a week goes by without a new photo, a video, a whistleblower, a document, an, an official report of some kind. And yes, there is this idea that when I look at aspects of this, I think if this was an intelligence plan, this is exactly how I would do it. Now, I'm going to ask you a... <laughs> <laughs> a naughty question, really, but you, you kind of just touched on it there. And, and, you know, there are an awful lot of conspiracy theories out there. I don't like to call them conspiracy theories. I like to call them you're just doing your own research rather than being sort of believing everything that's pushed out to you in the media. I don't know what you call that, really. But um, <laughs> here we go. Here's the, here's the big question. Do you think we went to the moon in 1969 or do you think the whole thing 
was faked on a on a on a stage set in Hollywood somewhere. I do think we went to the moon. And I know, I mean it's quite interesting we're having this conversation just after this private corporation landed on the moon and and a lot of people are saying, "Wow, is this as good as the pictures get in 2023?" And and yet we're led to believe that in in 1969 we could do this and why haven't we been back i do think we went to the moon i think there are some i would call them scientific proofs of of that like some differences in the moon rocks that have been brought back in studies compared to terrestrial rocks on the basis that they've been exposed to cosmic rays that we're protected from so i think there are things like that i think maybe i'll meet people halfway well not halfway some of the way when i say i suspect that When they got the pictures back in 1969, I think they weren't very good. So I wouldn't put it past NASA to have have sexed up the photos a little bit, if I can put it like that. And I think that they got themselves into trouble with that because that introduced all sorts of maybe anomalies that people said, "Well, this can't be real." And I think it was real. I think they just touched up some of the photos because they couldn't spend all those billions. and then come back with something that's worse than your great uncle Ernie's holiday snaps. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com/results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com/results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Mark Thompson, your guide aboard the Constellation Station podcast. Tune in every Monday for your weekly guide to all things going on in the skies above the UK that week. From meteor showers to comets and eclipses to supernova explosions, I will have it all. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. But until then, let's hope for some clear skies. I mean I've got my own uh, theories and I think 
with these sorts of things, it's always best to question absolutely everything, isn't it? You know, sort of for and against the argument. But I have to say, when I look at the footage and understanding television as I do and live television and how it all works, I have to say I'm laughing most of the time at the footage. It's very funny. And there's a wonderful shot right at the end when they're taking off. And the camera is obviously on the moon surface, but it's pulling back. And then it tips up to get the shot of the ship going back up into space towards Earth. And I always shout out, oh, they left some poor bloody cameraman on that moon. What a bloody (laughs) shame. So there's lots of things in there. I think the whole thing to do with NASA, to do with space, to do with UFOs. I mean, look at the footage of the moon that's suddenly come out, again on social media, of all these UAPs flying around it. I mean, do you think there could possibly be some kind of space station on there? I don't see why not. If I was an extraterrestrial civilization and I wanted to study Earth very closely, but I didn't want to be found out, I'd put a base from which you could fly remotely controlled probes. I'd put it somewhere which was very, very difficult for us to get to and interfere with. And and the moon fits that almost perfectly. And now there are scientists like Avi Loeb, of course, Professor Avi Loeb at Harvard, who is looking for probes that might be extraterrestrial in origin, when a few years ago such things would be beyond the pale. And I mean, I I go back to your point, and I agree with you. We should be wary of just saying, oh, conspiracy theory, and dismissing all of this out of hand. Because, I mean, if I can be controversial with a, a couple of unrelated points, but of course, you know, years ago we had this debate about weapons of mass destruction and going to war in Iraq, and now... If you you look and see what people in the intelligence community say, opinions are much more divided than they were at the time. And then you have the, the situation about COVID, where during the pandemic, people were told that if they even asked the question, could it be a lab leak, you would get you know, deplatformed and banned. Now, if you go onto the website of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, some of the US intelligence agencies say, natural zoonotic emergence of of a new respiratory disease, others say lab leak. So yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's, well, maybe it's critical thinking. And, And as new data emerge, we look at things through fresh eyes. So I think we should never dismiss any of these things as crazy conspiracy theories. Even, you know, I was probably lazy and wrong to use the phrase, but, but it's part of the pop culture. But yeah, we we absolutely need to look at the data and not just dismiss this as ravings. Ravings, I love that, exactly. When I sort of give my opinions and touch, you know, talk about some of the things you just touched on there towards the end, some of my friends' eyebrows shoot up and they look at me and I go, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's just my opinion, it's what I think, you know, and that's what, we're all entitled to it, aren't we? And people do, (laughs) especially with me uh, being the way that I am, they do look at me sometimes like, yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's just going a little bit around the corner there. But it's absolutely fascinating and I love debating about it and talking about all these different topics that could have been covered up, you know. I always say, don't 
look at the news, listen to the news, you know, do your research yourself. And in a way, you know, you've got your social media now and people in the 1960s, you know, when we landed on the, they they didn't think the internet was going to be such a big thing where people could, you know, look at footage and analyze this and analyze that. It's, It's opened up a whole wormhole really, hasn't it? Where people are, we're seeing so much more sharing images and videos of UAPs and um, all of a sudden nothing's secret anymore and that's the frightening thing well is it frightening or is it more wow you know we we can all see what's going on now we have a, a bigger wider vision of what's going on in the world they can't cover things up so easily I think it's a two-edged sword because absolutely as you say you can now we're not dependent exclusively on on government or the authorities for our information we have citizen journalists and citizen scientists and anyone with a smartphone can capture something and put it on the the internet and we're in the 24 7 news cycle and something that happens in a small village in africa is all around the world within seconds but the flip side of that is that with some of these new ai programs and again, literally within the last week, we've seen, for example, the latest Sora images put out there. We're, we're getting to the stage, I think, where we will not be able to tell what's real and not. At a time when public trust in mainstream journalism, for all sorts of reasons, is very, very low, as is trust in government and the authorities more generally. So we're in a really difficult situation because for the first time we have in our hands the tools to get information and disseminate it around the world, but at exactly the same time we're in this situation where it's almost impossible to tell if it's actual genuine information or fake AI constructed. You're absolutely right. You've hit the nail right on the head with everything. You've no idea. You know, your favourite presenter, your favourite rock star, are they really saying that? Is that really them? Is that really a UFO? Is that really happening? You just don't know anymore, do you? So it it really, really is frightening. Now, Nick, have you got, because I know for those people who are listening who want to hear more from Nick, because he's fascinating and lovely, he has books out, Open Skies, Closed Minds, and one of my favourites of all is Encounter in Rendlesham Forest. Are you working on new books at the moment? Not at the present, just because each book tends to be 100,000 words and take a a whole year. One of the big things I am doing, though, because there's such a public appetite for all this information about UFOs, but also ancient mysteries, and the question of whether we can tie those two things together, one big thing that I am doing is Ancient Aliens Live, which is a a 90-minute stage show based on the hit TV series. And we've done, oh my goodness, 30 or 40 dates. We've got another 20 or so. We go all around the United States, all these different cities, and we do a live show each evening when we're on tour and bring this discussion to thousands of people. So I love doing that because I love touring like that. And and so that's taking up a lot of my time at the moment, but also doing other TV projects, whether it's documentaries, news bulletins when a story breaks, or whatever it may be. But I'm certainly I'm busier than I've ever been. It's it's crazy right now. And absolutely wonderful and a joy for all your fans. But Ancient Aliens, huge, huge fan. I've watched all of them. Just before we go, what's your favorite sci-fi movie? 
I think I would settle on contact. Because, Love of course, it's, it's based on the book by Carl Sagan, brilliant performance by Jodie Foster. If I could have a second, I would say Arrival. I mean, I write sci-fi myself, and like all really good science fiction, yes, on one level it's about aliens, but ultimately it's about ourselves. Yeah, it is. And how, and we've talked about this before, how the paranormal world and other beings from another world could possibly be entwined. You look at Rendlesham Forest and um, what happened after then and how people have reported poltergeist activity in the area where the craft was seen and, you know, landed. And for me, when I watch the film Contact, it's when Jodie Foster, she sort of, she meets her dad, doesn't she, on sort of this colourful beach and it's all very spiritual and it's about, you know, out, like you say, ourselves and, and, and human nature and so on and so forth and so I do think it's all combined and I do believe in the ancient alien theory and so for me anything like that is absolutely fantastic I watched Ad Astra the other day and even though it was slow I think it was three out two and a bit hours yeah two and a bit hours there were parts of it where I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't I don't really get that but it was fantastic I love sci-fi movies and on that wonderful that I could talk to you all day um and as I'm sure lots of people could uh, listen to you all day as well um so we look forward to seeing you on all your projects and um please please let us know when you have a, a new book coming out or anything fantastic and persuade them to come and do ancient aliens tour over here because we'd love to see that too uh, nick pope an absolute legend thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure as always and we'll speak to you soon thanks yvette great to talk to you Now, let's get the answer to this week's fact or fiction. To remind you, it was the famous king of Macedonia, Alexander the Great, is one of the oldest known figures to have seen a UFO. So, what do you think? Is it fact or fiction? Did you think fiction? If you did... You were right. According to a letter he wrote to Aristotle, Alexander the Great seized Venice when an object came down from the sky, shot a beam and crumbled the walls. This is an entirely spurious account. The story has been traced and discovered that it was about the use of gunpowder, not an unexplained flying object. The Aristotle letter is known as medieval forgery and only famous because Dante mentions it. Now, get in touch with me and share your stories at contact at paranormalpod.uk or on WhatsApp. Please leave your lovely dulcet tones on this number 075-999-27537. And we are on Instagram and we do like to share all our videos and pictures, anything you send in to us. And the handle is at paranormalactivitypod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving me a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, stay safe and remember, things aren't always as they seem.